Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. That is such a great song. Everyone asked about our theme song. It's called Oil Long by Dead Eye Doll, available on Spotify, Amazon, everywhere. Uh, it's, it's a banger. Why did you get to choose a song? Why didn't I choose a song? I, well, the reason I chose that song is because you would have probably picked a country song. Amarillo by morning, up from San Antonio. Beautiful. George, George Street. You Canadian guys love country music. What's yeah. that all about? I don't know what it is. They grew up on the farm. I didn't like it. My father listened to it all the time, and then... Uh, all of a sudden, now I'm listening to country music. So, yeah. So, anyhow, yes. Um, we're we're in mourning today. Our Rangers have been knocked out. You all, Randy Velichek, were about sixteen dollars and twenty eight cents. Yeah, that's American. right. Canadian twenty. That's right. Yes. Oh God, what happened? What happened there too? It's like the, the disappointing thing was, uh, you know, if you're going to have a, like a grinded out series, all games are close, and everybody's playing the best hockey, and you finally lose. I mean, that's at least they can accept that, but. Uh, just the, the Rangers, there got to be something going on in there. I, I'm almost thinking there's something in the locker room there. It just seemed like a lack of uh, urgency, especially with guys that like Chris Kreider, I just love as a player. Uh, yes, he isn't always perfect, but he just seemed like he he acknowledged himself. He was minus four in game seven there, and he said, I just can't let that happen. So it's nice to just point that out after the game that you realize what you've done wrong, but that doesn't really help you when they're losing a playoff series. So. Well, it looked like there was really nobody playing in that game seven. I know the Devils are fast. The Devils are moving that fast. They move the puck well, but Sabanajad was kind of non-existent. Panarin obviously is getting blown up everywhere. He cool, I know. Fox didn't have a good game, game seven. Yeah, he really wore down. Yeah, I'd like to, it's just like it seemed like there's something missing there mentally, right? They just weren't there totally. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And I, that's one, as a fan, I want to get your perspective because I noticed from the outside, three times this year, the Rangers had their own players screaming at their own bench. Yeah. Now that that when we see that as fans, obviously that goes on in the locker room, right? But I'm glad it's nice. That's signal the problem, right, Tom? Well, the guy certainly signed, but Goudreau got in a fight in Game Five there, and then turned to the bench, yelled at the bench, like you know, he made a point like across the ice, so everybody could see it. And then I think, well, you know, if I was to have done that, I was trying to send a message to everybody, the whole building, included that we have got to get going. We're not playing as hard. And you got to be, and he did it in a good way. He was uh, that, he was that big kid ball or whatever it was, yeah. had about three big hits in one shift. And Guru said, okay, I'm making a point here. I don't care if I take a penalty or not. I'm making a point. I need to change momentum here, which is a great thing for him to do the way he did it. That kid was bigger than him. He got a, a good scrap with him. 
Uh, but the rest of the guys just didn't follow along. I, I was watching a show one time. I won't mention the broadcaster's name, but he's a former player. And a player, this is probably 10 years ago, a, a guy during the game went out and got a fight trying to get the, his team going. And the, the play-by-play announcer said to the color commentator, do you think that works? And the player said, no, it doesn't. To me, that says more about that player than it does uh, in the actual act. Well, who was the player? Well, it was Mike Johnson. That when it, that's it, it does not work if the rest of the guys don't follow up with it. Sure. And that, that, that you said it. They, they did early in the year when Truba threw his helmet against the boards and then screamed it. They, they picked it up after that. But when it didn't happen with uh, Goudreau and then ah, just off. Just starting, just starting the same thing in a tie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. That was, I mean, walking, but, and for a player like that, he doesn't do it often. Like, uh, Lundqvist would do it quite a bit. So when you do it a lot, it doesn't really mean as much, but Shesterkin did it that, at that time. Like, again, that a player that competes that hard, they, he, they hang him out to dry so many times that he always competes. So for him to do that and still get no response from the guys, it really tells me there's something going on. You know, and again, I'm just purely speculating, but when you bring in some top six guys like Tarasenko and Kane late in the year, Obviously, somebody off that top six that originally was there now is getting bumped down to the third or fourth line. Does that upset the apple cart? Do guys start pouting? That can happen. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that that's what the cause of it was, but and it should be because again, the first two games they, they played great. Game two was a, a really good game, even though they only won five one the same way they did in game one. But I thought game two was a way better. And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be four straight. Uh, but obviously, that didn't work out. And then and then you know, and Kane they, they made the big acquisition. He looked. Like he's either done, disinterested, or hurt. Like, yeah. Or one of those. Yeah, you know, that's a tough one for Chris Drury, the general manager, too, because if, if it's out there, and he made it very public, Kane did, that he wanted to be a New York Ranger. And if the player wants... I want to be a New York Ranger. Yeah, not, yeah, but when you got a guy with Patrick Kane, he's won three cups, you know, the scoring and all that. It's almost like you got to go get him because if you, don't, if you don't get him and then you lose in the first round, everybody's like, why didn't you go get Patrick Kane, one of the best players ever played? Yeah, oh. nobody is. Nobody then was saying, "Oh, we yeah. shouldn't have gotten him." Everybody was on board. Well, I guess my I, I I didn't say they shouldn't get him, but I thought, man, it causes a problem because again, now you've got six guys that are really top three forwards on most teams, and how do you spread out that ice time? And Kane's used to again purely speculating in this. I've never even spoken to Patrick Kane, but he's used to being the man or the other man, right? It was Taves and him all the time for what thirteen years there in Chicago, sure. winning cups. You know, it takes the same way to practice every day, the same route to games every day. He knows everybody in the buildings, and he's he's the guy. So when he walks in the building, he and Taves are the guys, right? And they're in that locker room. It's their locker room. Now he comes to New York, and he's not the guy anymore. That could be part of it, but yeah, that was I, that really surprised me though, because I I really was impressed by him. He had some problems, some immaturity issues when he was younger. But really cleaned that up and really became a professional. Uh, so I was really surprised to see that it just didn't work out the way it did. So he won't be, he won't be back. Or I'd be very surprised. If he'd be back. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't be shocked if he signs in Buffalo for like a yeah. for time, like Giroud did with Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and the kids didn't really. They didn't play well. Yeah. Oh. Lafreniere is getting dragged all over social media. Yeah. I mean, no point. And even Heedle, who I liked his regular season, just didn't, wasn't much there. So you see Capo Caco and Lafreniere on for the Rangers, and then you've got Hughes and. Uh, uh, he sure for New Jersey plays so well. It's kind of like, yeah, that's it's, tough. It's, but but if you remember when when the Rangers drafted Kako, there was a debate if it was going to be Hughes or Kako number one. Who are they going to get? So it, you know, Hughes has eclipsed him, and he's one of the best yeah. players in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, that was telling. Uh, like Lafreniere, like I really liked his game last year in the playoffs. He was physical. He was you know doing whatever he had to do to help the team win, and it just wasn't there again. Well, no, well last year because he went by Lafreniere last year. I mean, now that he's changed Lafreniere. Oh, I didn't even know he changed it. Or, or he did not just change it. 
you did. Well, you did, but we'll change it. And, well, and that's, you know, that's sadly, who knows where the Rangers go now because they were building towards something. It looks like they might need some changes. Yeah, I know. But again, if you were to look at this, like that team uh, going into the season and the regular season they had, you go, that's a good hockey team. It's just, so, I mean, I, I see, yeah, you're right. Something's got to change. I hope it's not Goliath. Like some Goliath, like sometimes they'll change the coach because it's easier to just change the coach than all the players, right? Um, but, you know, Drury selected him. He wanted him as a coach. He wanted his style of coaching. He wanted his team to play a certain way. And, you know, you can turn back to last year. Would you change anything? No. You, that, you go to the semifinals last year and say, wow, this is a good team. This guy, And it's got a good future, too. Sure. Yes, you had to lose some some people because of the cap, but you now got to hope that those younger players get better. And it looked like during the regular season that they had, but yeah, don't play off that. That was so that is the one you gotta be sitting there. There's gonna be a lot of meetings with coaches and general manager and president to say what happened, guys. Like clearly something happened in the locker room or around the team for them to not play the way they played last year in the playoffs. Well, that brings another question. So what is those what are those exit meetings like for you? Can you tell tell like our listeners what it's like when you go in and you're one of the, the brass? Like how does that how does that go? Yeah. So you get, you know, a younger player, like a fourth line guy that, you know, he's not going to stick his neck out and, they, and he should, you know, so he's going to give the canned answers and the, and the coach and general manager, they know that. So they don't, not really relying on when that, that fourth line player in most cases, I mean, maybe it is a character guy, but it's like, okay, what does Chris Kreider say? What does that, what does Fox say? What, what does Kane say? What does he say about his game? What does Ed Panarin say? Like those key players. And you would think that they would be confident enough to say what is really on their mind. Like what happened? Uh, and that's that's got to be the key. And, and again, not everybody can do it. Not everybody's got that personality to do it, to put their neck on the line. But that's what the coaches and GM, and the coaches and GM, they're going to know which guys are those guys that are going to st- tell the truth about what's really going on. You hope you don't see guys you know, bad-mouthing each other. Usually players don't do that. They're not going to say something bad about their teammate. They may say things in general like, listen, we just, uh, whatever the story is, and just tell the truth. That's th- Those meetings are, you bring up a good point. Those meetings are going to be important to really see what the players have to say. Right. And for people who don't, who don't know those every, at the end of every season, they have uh, almost like a post-mortem on the, on the year. They, each yeah. player does one-on-one with the coach, GM, and the, and the full staff basically, right? Yeah. I think the coaches would probably do it all together. And then the general manager is different, different yeah. meetings. So yeah. And again, in one of those meetings it was this year. What would you say? Uh, well, I hope I would have been one of the guys said in my game. I, I had to show up and play hard. I just wasn't skilled enough to not. So it would be easier for me to say, oh, that's a good question. It'd be easier for me to say, listen, for whatever reason, we just didn't show up and play. We got out, we got out willed, not out skilled. Uh, and you keep it really general. Uh, and just, you know, our locker room was terrible. I mean, to me, if I'm sitting in that locker room, that was one of my jobs to be as assistant captain or captain part-time. Um, I would be, <laughs> I would be in the locker room saying, guys, we have got to wake up. Now, I would hope I would have been also one of the guys that went on the ice and followed through with that too, like make a big hit. Uh, like that, that's really a player like me. That's what I had to do. I'd have to make a big hit, block a shot, you know, sacrifice my body. And you would hope the rest of the guys would follow through. But again, that's what you didn't see. Like you didn't see after game five with Goudreau now gets in a fight against a bigger man. He addresses an issue. He instantly addresses it. You know, the kids running around, three big hits in one shift. You can see Goudreau said, that's it. I'm going to stop this now and send a message to the team, then turn around and yell at the bench and nothing. So yeah. um, that's a shorthand goal right after that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it, again, those meetings looked up, but again, I, it really amazes me is uh, I think I, I like that team and they showed a lot of heart last year in the playoffs. You know, they were down in Pittsburgh. Shesterkin wasn't playing well. He got his game together. Yeah. Lindgren was hurt. He comes back in the lineup, gives the team, looks like it gives the team a spark. 
So I, I, that, you know they can do it. You know they've got that character on that team. So for them not to do it this year, you just again, there's got to be something. And we may never know what it is, but there's got to be something that comes out of these meetings and people say, this, okay, here's what's happened. And, you know, it maybe you can't even point it. Again, my speculation is that, that again, you, you upset the apple cart at the top of the cart with, you know, Tarasenko and Kane. Could have been a great thing if those guys play well. Now you've got six top forwards that are fantastic. Uh, it doesn't look like that was the case. It looked like it, to me, it looked like it, it negatively affected the team where something, those those big name guys just weren't going. So, right. so chemistry issue. It, it sure like, looked like it to me. Yeah. Um, and, and you hate to say that. Uh, but again, you know, it's, I think it's still a young team. Again, you know, you look at the young players like Heedel and Lafreniere or what's it left? Keep changing his name. Lafreniere? Well, he changes that all the time. Changes a lot. Well, uh, Yeah, he changed it. Um, so it's just, you know, for them to not, again, do, would there, it was anticipation that they were going to be top six forwards and now they're not because of the acquisitions they made. But you would hope that wouldn't be something like, if it wasn't like they weren't getting played, you would hope that they're not pouting because of that. So I, again, I'm not saying they are pouting, but I mean, if I have a young player, you know, I'm in my second, third, fourth year in the league, I've got a chance to win the Stanley Cup and having a great career in the city of New York. Um, and then to have them, have them play the way they did, especially when you know that they can play so much harder, right? They've showed that before. Showed it during the regular season, showed it last year in the playoffs. So. If it were me, I'd hire the best skills coach, the best skating coach. I'd be get, get a personal trainer, and I just work my butt off in the summer. But yeah, you know, let's see. Well, and, and you're right, and, and they, these guys do, but I, I think it's more between the years. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I think it's just like they're overthinking. There's a couple of times where I, players – I think it was game five we were at in New Jersey there where Miller, like you could tell he was just out of it, like he was coasting to the bench for one change. And then the play started coming right by him and he's just like gliding to the to the bench. That's a sign, okay, you're not into it mentally. Skate hard to the bench. All those little signs, right? Uh, you know, Panarin, I think he turned the puck over that power play they had and then he didn't back check all the way. Like those are little signs like, you know, you can't do that. You can't send, if you're a star player like Panarin, you can't send that message to, even if you're not going to catch the guy. You can't send that message to the rest of your team that you just quit out there. Give me an interesting summer for the Rangers. Yes, well, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, you'd love to be in those meetings right now. You'd love to have the meetings that uh, Gerard Gallant and uh, Chris Drury are having right now. Glenn Sather's probably in town being part of those meetings. Uh, you know, Mr. Dolan's going to know what's going on. I mean, there's money. He wants to win. The money is everything, but it's, you know, that's it's a lot of home gates that are gone uh with anticipation that this team was going to be a, a contender for a cup this year and for many years down the road so for i'm gonna go like that well, yeah sadly it's one cup in 83 years now so yes gotta do something not that i don't want to rub that on your face you were part of that but yeah well especially like you know i i think back to we lost game five to the islanders in 84 and kenny morrow scored in overtime listen we hated losing we should have beat them should have beat them in game four and then the series should have been over but you look back at that game and you go I just don't think we could have given a whole lot more. I mean, we, it was a, it was a, it was Ken Morrow. He just scored for us. I don't think, I, I just, from a fan, I was a kid watching that. I remember because uh, my friend Ed Barowski called us up screaming after the Iron was one. I wanted to kill him. But we, we cried because you guys put it all on the line. Yeah. Got, I mean, and everyone knew the Islanders were a better team. We were just hoping that you would finally get oh. them. You almost did. Oh, yeah. So that, you know, you, I remember right afterwards, you're like, oh, God, we're so close. You know, we should right. beat these guys. Why do these guys keep winning, y'all? But then you look back at it, like I've watched, I've watched it a few times. I don't, I don't mind admitting it because it was a fun game to be a part of. And I watched it, I go, oh my God, like the overtime seemed like there was no, uh, no uh, whistles. We were just going and going. It's great. And yeah. Look, Mary Patey falls down and then, yeah, yeah. that comes from the world. Yeah. And, and suck. But again, anyone watching that, no one said, 
you guys mailed it in. Everyone was like, they gave it their all. They put the, yeah. you know, that's why we love that team. But this team was like, what happened? Yeah, like, again, you're right. And what happened, again, because they've shown a whole different way of playing. They played hard. Last year, I, I thought playoffs were fantastic. Coming back in games, coming back in series, you know, hanging in there. Great goaltending. Again, Lindgren, I thought, yeah. played such a huge role because he came back and just hurt the guys. You could see the guys feeding off him. You know, he was playing hurt. He'd get hurt out there, and the guys would play harder. So they, they've shown that they've got that makeup there that they can play that kind of game. So for to not happen this year, that's, you know. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the second round, which is about to start, and we'll get your predictions, and we'll we'll say we'll go back and see how we did. But I don't think we did so well on our predictions from uh, no. JP Moyer. No kidding. How about Colorado? Colorado lost. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a big upset. Um. So let's talk about that series first. We have um, Seattle taking on uh, Dallas. How do you think that's going to go? Seattle's on a run here. Well, you know, you remember back when Vegas in their first year went to the finals, right? And I, and I was one of those people that kept saying they can't keep doing it. They're, they're not going to, even in the regular season, they're not going to keep winning. They did keep winning. And then they went around and said, well, they're not going to win another round. And then all of a sudden they're in the finals. And Seattle looks like that same kind of team that, uh, you know, okay. they, they you get on a roll, you, you're doing all the little things right. I talk about that so much. It, it's like, you know, once you get on a roll and you're winning and you know what you're, how you're winning because you're doing small things right, you're not trying to make big plays, you're making a 10 foot pass as opposed to a 40 foot pass. Yep. Doing all those little things, getting it out of your zone, in the opposition zone. So, at the start of the playoffs, I, I, everybody was telling me how good Dallas was, and I really hadn't watched them that much, so I was overlooking them. Uh, I'm still going to go with Dallas. I just think that they're a better team. I'll go with Seattle in seven. Okay. Go over okay. All right. I got Dallas in six. All right. Then we got Edmonton versus Vegas, which should be a great series. You funny, Jack. I go he's moving on to another series. That's right. Um, you know what? I, again, I just I just think with Edmonton, with Dreisaitl, oh, yeah, with Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid, they're just too good. I guess the question is, is their goaltending good? Uh, but, but you know, it's not like Vegas' goaltending is that much better either. I mean, Quick is there, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's playing. I think he's more like a backup. I think he's more of a mentor. Yeah, I, I, no. I, I think, I really think this is McDavid's year. It's yeah. a wide open for him. I think he's, I think this is the year he, he gets to the finals. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he wins, right? I, think I, I do. Other than Eichel, I do like uh, Vegas. I like that Stone a lot. I think he's a real competitor and a good hockey player too. So I like Petrangelo back on the fence there. So I guess I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got to go with Edmonton, but it's going to be seven games. I, I agree with that. I think it's Edmonton in seven. Yep. All right, let's swing east. Um, we have the Florida against your hometown, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Can they get to the second, the third round? So in a, in a different way, they're, they're like Seattle, right? You're like Toronto loses all the time. They, well, they've got a great team. They should win. They never do. But maybe it's maybe it's through the year this year. Again, the question for me is goaltending. Are they good enough? Does one of the goaltenders get hot? Uh, and carry the load for them. They've certainly got a talented enough hockey team that can certainly score goals. Questions goaltending. Um, I'm going to go Florida in seven games. I just think that they're they're that Seattle team out east here that is on a roll. Nobody predicted them to win that first round. They did so. I think I think Matthew Kachuk is going to will his yeah. way through this another round. He's a yeah. stud. Wish yeah. the Rangers had a player like him or his brother. He has to stud there, and they have other guys too, like Bardov and for Aggie, who are just really under the radar, great yeah. players. Yeah. I think Florida takes it six. Yep. Yeah. And then finally, we got to talk about Randy Felicek's Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I can't believe it. Well, my old college roommate Don Waddell is president and GM there in uh, in Arizona. Excuse me, Carolina. So I've got to go with them. Uh, but I also think they're good enough. I I love Rod Brindamere as a coach. He gets his teams prepared. They they, they got a new coach. Yeah, he changed his name. Uh, you didn't know that. You didn't see the press memo. Rod Brindamore. What did I say? <laughs> In the first, you did that the first round too. You said Rod Brindamore. You know that's a gift, right? That I can change people's names like that on the fly. You have that power. Not everybody can do that. So you can. I, 
I like Rod Brindamore a lot as a coach. I think he gets his team prepared. Uh, not that Lindy Ruff doesn't. He obviously had his team prepared in New Jersey, but I just, I, Carolina is just all over you. They strangle you. You, know, you can't move. But So I'm going to go Carolina. I, I, you know, I, I, I think the Devils are going to take him. I think oh. Jack Hughes is going to send. I, I wish he would stop crying as he was doing the Rangers series. That, that didn't look good. He was crying a lot for the refs. He's a, he's just a superstar player, and I think he, he gets them over the line. Now, who knows if a goalie gets tested? You never know. But I think I, I'm all about the Devils. Okay, you know it's funny because Gretzky used to get accused of whining all the time too when he was younger. He did what? Yeah, but you remember, like you figure your referee and with Gretzky, he's such a great player, and he's whining at you all the time. For sooner or later, you get to go. Am I wrong here? Like, is yeah. the great Gretzky's a great player? Well, Crosby did it too. Crosby whined. Yeah. Yeah. Still probably does. Yeah, but those guys have the puck the whole time. They're always yeah. in the ups and they mouth every call. I get yeah, it totally. Yeah, and they know they know exactly what they're doing. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the first guest. People are gonna love this show. Okay, let's get it on. Here we go. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Hey, Tom, we got a great show today. I'm very pumped up. We have one of the toughest guys to ever put on the blue shirt, former client of yours. We have Darren Langdon. Oh, my God. How did you find him out in Newfoundland there? Oh, Langer, what's going on? How are you doing, brother? Oh, all good, Tom. All good. Tom and Tom, is it? Am I getting yeah. it right? Well, he calls himself Tom Smith. I don't know if that's his real name or not. No, like, it's actually Ron Dugay. I changed it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Darren Langdon. So just, just so everybody knows, I was Darren's uh, uh, agent. for. So all his success was because of me and what I did for him. Got him from the East Coast League to the National Hockey League. I'm just joking. I was Darren, was there nobody else available? Like, how'd you wind up with Laidlaw? I don't, I don't even know. I didn't even know what agents were. So, so. he was playing in, uh, where were you? Is it Toledo or no Dayton? Was it Dayton? Dayton, Ohio? That's right. Claude Noel was his coach, and I knew Claude Noel uh, for many years. Good guy. And uh, Larry Plore was with the Rangers at the time. He was assistant GM. He wanted to sign Darren to go play in Binghamton, the farm team. So Claude said, "Listen, he needs an agent." And I said, well, "Okay, I've got nothing else to do today, so I guess I'll take him on." And uh, wow. so and then uh, Larry Plore said to me on the way up, he said, "You know, this guy could play in the National Hockey League someday." And I said, so I started paying more attention to him because I figured I, could make some, <laughs> figured I could make some money off him. But yeah. So where's, uh, Darren, where's home? Deer Lake, Newfoundland? Deer Lake, Newfoundland, yeah. And that's where you were born and raised? Uh, obviously, most of your audience is from the States or what? Uh, it's all listeners? over. It's, yeah, it's all over, yeah. yeah all over yeah, the world. Sure all, worldwide. 
<laughs> millions of people. Up. Millions of people. Connecticut, there where you live, there, Greenwich or wherever. That's your main fan base, is it? Uh, no, we're worldwide. This would be worldwide. Anyway, Newfoundland I, is just uh, most of the U.S. But people and most of Canada don't even know that. Uh, when I explained where Newfoundland is, I said, "You know where the Titanic went down?" They said, uh, "Kind of." I said, "Well, that's where Newfoundland is." And they kind I, of I didn't know. I didn't know that's where the Titanic went. Well, down. probably two hundred miles off is. Oh. We're, we're the closest thing to where it went. Right. What goes on in Deer Lake is it a big fishing town or what? No, no, I'm not even on. Well, the ocean is thirty minutes in every direction oh. from me, but we're on a lake, Deer Lake. Oh, Come on, Tom, yeah, figure yeah. it out. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's <laughs> why you're such a good agent. Research. <laughs> you actually paid me money to represent you. I, I don't know. know. I need. A... I, I I don't know. There's a lake at Deer Lake. That's good. That's good. <laughs> very good. Very good. So you, that's the point. Well, we don't have, uh, that said, Tom, we don't have any deer here. So uh, good point. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, there you go. Deer they lake. called it Deer Lake, but it was caribou actually crossing the lake. So yeah, we're kind of fucked up. <laughs> and what'd your father do there? What was his work? He was a he worked at the paper mill at oh. Millwright. Oh, okay, good. So you start playing at what age? Like six, seven years old? Did you start? Playing? Whatever, same as everyone else starts. Like it's minor hockey. Yeah. Were you pretty good when you first started? Right off the bat? I don't think uh, normal, but uh, I was always growing up pretty good. I got my obviously, you know, my skating wasn't the greatest, but everything else wasn't pretty, was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good hands and everything too. Good so, hands, yeah. So did you stay right in Deer Lake and play all your hockey, or what time did you go play junior hockey? Yes, I stayed in Deer Lake, but I once I went to PEI in the Maritime Junior League when I was young, like sixteen. I didn't make the team. Some anyway, I should have made the team. I went back a year or two later, two years I think, and uh, then I was MVP of the league there. I think so. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. So, wow. So they didn't really know how to scout uh, very good. <laughs> didn't know talent didn't know talent yeah but i got a lot of buddies from over there now so it's definitely a good experience so did you go play major junior no just oh. from there to uh i think i went to dayton because that's i don't even know who had me a tryout at peoria in the oh. ih i think then and so i went to dayton anyway peoria didn't even give me a look and dayton actually i sat out the first game uh he said yeah we're gonna keep you at Claude. Claude's a dandy. Nice guy. I love him. Yeah, good guy. Good guy, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I sat out the first game. The other tough guy uh, played. He got hurt. I think. I don't even know if it was in a fight or whatever. And then uh, I played the next game. Fought, I think, the toughest guy or one of the toughest guys anyway and done good. And scored a goal and had a couple of assists, something like that. And the rest, uh, right. I didn't sit out again. Yeah, the rest was 429 penalty minutes that season. Yeah. Also 23 goals, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot. So, so you went. So you go to PEI. So it's not major junior hockey, right? And no, I, and it's did, tier, tier two. So, junior. And did you start fighting there? Is that when you started doing a lot of fighting? Uh, no, because I was kind of a goal scorer there too. But everyone, uh, I had that fact that everyone just wanted to fight me, and I just fought at the end of the game. So, really, and I always done pretty good, and I never really got beat up. So I kept fighting. So. So really you, you, you could play the game, but you're fighting like a, it was not like most people. Like for me, if I ever got a fight, I'd just stand back and, and cry. I'd cry. Yeah, <laughs> <hit me. laughs> with and, that with that ugly bucket you used to wear. Oh God, big bucket too. I'm playing an alumni game this weekend, and they asked me if I got a white helmet. I said no. I forgot to tell them I need the extra extra large size. So, but I mean, you're one of the smartest fighters I've ever seen. And a lot of people talk about that. That how smart a fighter you were. Did you like learn? Did somebody teach you how it, to fight? 
No, I did. I, that's one thing. Somebody asked me, can I teach? Well, not now as much, but a few years ago, you know, can you help my kid uh, learn how to fight or whatever? I said, well, nobody helped me and you can't learn it. I try to take a punch and, right. you know, I, I, I don't take many punches, but if I do get it, I get it in the right spot on side the head. And right. It don't really affect me. Like, I think if you got hit on side the head, you'd be out for a month or so. But <laughs> Plus the guy break his hand on that dome. <laughs> what? So, but I mean, like you're fighting Bob. You told me one time you're fighting Bob Probert. You said you could, you could hear him breathing hard. You knew you had him because now he's getting tired. But meantime, he's punching you in the head, right? Yeah, but the, I knew he was a little bit older than me, and uh, so I, 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 that's what I do. I kind of wait till they get tired, and all they're doing is, you know, if I'm going in throwing and being stupid when they're uh, at the beginning of the fight, I'm going to be knocked out. Like I. I think I used to tell Ryan Vanderbush, he used to play with me. I said, oh, my God, Ryan, how do you fight like that? He gets hits. Yeah. <laughs> and he was one of the toughest guys you could ever see. But, uh, right. you know, I just didn't like – not that I didn't like get hit. I thought it was better not to get hit. And, you know, come on yeah. at the end, and at least it looks like you're winning if, you, uh, if you're the last one standing. <laughs> anyway. We did a lot of – so, okay, we ask a lot of fighters, and most of them say after the fact that they did not like fighting. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I didn't uh, – didn't really care. And then I know some, uh, like I think George Iraq used to get really nervous night before. And not me. I didn't really give a shit. I mean, really? I, so the night yeah, before well, I had to fight probably every five, six games. I mean, living in New York city, making a bit of money. Right. I mean, uh, didn't get much better than that. Had to go and fight every blue moon. So when you go into Detroit and you got to fight Bob Probert or Joy Coaster. I don't think I fought Bob Probert in Detroit. He was in New York once and he was in Chicago. All right. But the night before you're going to play those guys. Yeah, I know. I I don't really get, uh, I didn't really get nervous, no. Right. Didn't think about it. Didn't think, okay. No, I I think I went to the strip joints and they calmed me down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) A couple. Every now and then I did. Canadian ballet, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the, the flip side was, like, Darren was known as probably one of the best beer drinkers in the history of the National Hockey League, too, when they were performed. I think that's a good thing. Back then, the culture was different back then. That was Yeah, I don't know wow. if that's a good thing. <laughs> I know. We've talked about that a few times, that that was just the culture. Like but when I played. I, I, one thing, I, I did have a few wobbly pops, but I really very rarely broke curfew, and I always owned this. Uh, yeah. I believed in that. And- and you, show, and you showed up every day, no matter what, like game, practice games. It didn't matter. Yeah, how many yeah. Days, I had one bad one in uh, Vancouver. I remember just me and Bertuzzi and I think Nazan went out for a few. And the next day I was very sick. Oh, yeah. really? You were? That's, wow, that's something for you to get sick. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so Darren makes the Rangers in 95. Can you talk about that, Darren? Uh. 95 yeah 94 yeah i was just the year before i was uh, i'm just moving around here yeah the year before i was with uh, uh colin campbell in uh in bingo and he kind of liked me you know he's a farmer type uh like newfies like my attitude like my toughness and when uh i think joey coaster got hurt there in preseason anyway couldn't play anyway i made the team at a at a camp and um, obviously there was a friggin' lockout so uh, i didn't play so i got sent back to bingo but i think that season was like 40 something games i got to play 18 uh, i think coastal was back when uh, when the season started but after a few games they were losing i got the call up and 
I was there in the NHL ever since. So at one point then, you told me the story that you had a suit in your uh, locker. You showed up one day at the practice facility, right? Yeah, I think that was my first. Uh, I think Colin uh, Camel, the coach, was always making fun of my suits. I mean, I didn't think they're that bad. They're probably they're probably way better than yours. Like, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I guess so. This is the first game in the in Montreal. I got called up to Montreal. So first when we get there, they were losing. Uh, Mess was the captain. He said, uh, I don't care if you like uh, strip joints or not. No matter. Everyone got to go there for a team meeting. Right. And the team meeting was like, have a beer, just, you know, be around each other. And I said, holy God, this NHL's <laughs> wicked. <laughs> anyway, because too. some people you know, didn't like going there, but that's me. And I, so I went, done that. And the next morning I woke up, uh, went to the rink and, uh, the trainers, the mess got the trainers to do my sizes. I don't know, talking about getting, uh, you know, team jackets and all that junk. And anyway, they had, uh, he had a Yugo Boss suit there waiting for me. And I, so I didn't so, even know Yugo Boss was. So, so Mark, <laughs> Mark Messi went and bought you a suit. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, did, did he say anything to you? Uh, I can't really remember that, Leila, but for sure, I guess the trainer said the team, uh, you know, the team decided to get your suit, uh, just to show now you need to wear something like Hugo or Calvin Klein or whatever. Right. But, you would think your agent would get that for you, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if he knew I was up there. To... <laughs> That's not true. I knew I was going to get, I was gonna get paid because now you're playing the National Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you were, like I told a lot of people, you were my favorite client too of all the years that I was an agent for 22 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, so you said... Yeah, your other client, but, well, I don't know. You might have had two or three. Brian Burrard was uh, in the Oilers, so you live next to me, but I think you've seen Brian probably, what, that's, that's 70, 80% more? That's not true at all. You said it was Brian Boucher last week. What, what's going on here? Well, <laughs> oh, he got Brian Boucher, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess whoever he talks to, he says the same. Yeah. I seen I Actually, I seen Brian Boucher on TV last night. His, yeah. uh, his kid was uh, playing in the World Juniors there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they yeah. show Boucher and his wife. I didn't catch on until they said former NHL or Brian Boucher's yeah. kid. So they had Brian Boucher's kid, Brian Savage's kid, and Jason Blake's kid were playing for U.S. Right. So how many years did you stay with the Rangers? Seven, I think. 94, 95 mm-hmm. to 99. Well, when Gretz left, they, uh, I left. That's right. I remember uh, <laughs> you told me that, that it, was, it was when Gretz was going to play his last uh, games in the National Hockey League. So Darren told me about two weeks in advance that he thought Gretz was going to retire. So I went and bought a bunch of tickets. And then all of a sudden, people found out that he's going to retire. And I bought a real cheap. I got, wow. I, yeah, we didn't sell them. <laughs> we could have made a lot of money on them. But yeah. yeah, those are those are hot tickets. Yeah. Um, Darren, how was that that final game with Gretz? It must have been like chaos, right? Oh, yeah, it was great. I had you know a few people down around and uh, – we knew the party was at the World Trade Centers after, and I mean, that Gretz was going around. Everyone trying to bump shit and give us all the stick. Last game stick, which was very uh, yeah. Or do you still have it? Still got it. I know it's gone up in price, but <laughs> that's right. So he he used a different stick every shift, right? So he could give yeah, you guys all. Yeah, I think he all... got fifty, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, and he got a number on each one. So every every whistle or every whatever, he put it uh, put it aside in the trainers. What I don't think we. Get? I don't think we knew that was going on, but uh, that's pretty cool. 
That was the thing about Wayne, right? How thoughtful he was about that to think about that in his last game. Like, yeah, he, he I remember though. He was just like the fucking signs were keeping on playing. He was just keeping on going around the ice, around the ice. And I was thinking to myself, "Come on, Gretz, let's get to the party." <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty. You know, how's that line? That shit uh, takes when he's going. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Anyway. So, where'd you go after the Rangers? Where'd you play? Mm, Carolina. Did you get traded there? Or were you signed? Yeah. To... Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I think it was Sandy McCarthy, maybe. Oh, okay. Me and Rob DeMaio. I don't know. I forget. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Sandy McCarthy I got traded there for. Right. And another guy. There was two and two, I think. Right. And how many years were you in Carolina? Maybe three. Yeah. yeah. Three Did you like it there? Who was coaching you there? Uh, Paul Maurice. Was oh, the coach. okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. He was young when uh, when I first went there, and uh, you know their new franchise. And but comparing New York to Carolina and yeah. the hockey atmosphere and all that was completely different. I mean, and you get spoiled when you're at New York, yeah, and you go somewhere else. I mean, it's completely different. Yeah, Darren, yeah, had you no been, doubt, had you no been to New York before you uh, made the Rangers? Say that? No, no. So yeah, what were your thoughts about coming to the city for the first time? Yeah, it's just obviously amazing. I obviously drive around, but just to tell people, uh, you know, back home that you're in New York City, I mean, is a great honor. And then you're in, obviously, I heard about him. It's not heard about it. I watch sports all the time. So MST is the world's most famous arena. So it's, uh, you know, it was good to, it was good to start. And I mean, obviously, like anyone says, it's hard to get any better in New York. So, yeah. uh, so Not that any of the other places were bad. I mean, it's just you're on top when you're in New York in terms of everything. So, sure. so did you get a fight in your first game at the Garden? I can't remember that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, do you remember the fan reaction when you got in your first fight? Yeah, at the Garden? no, because it, I, I remember uh, uh, what the frig preseason. Yeah, that '94 uh, oh, yeah. five. I fought Randy McKay. Uh, twice in the same game, and it was two really good fights. So oh, the crowd nice. were going. Yeah, number fifty-seven. I wore in preseason. I oh, remember so. that. I think. <laughs> yeah, and the crowd loved you too. Every time we go to things like, you know, we were at. Uh, it was like a month ago. You were in town there. We were at Penn Six, and nobody wanted to talk to me. They all wanted to talk to Darren. Oh Lee. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. You goes around yeah. chatting with them all. So I just sits in the corner. <laughs> Darren, do you remember your first goal? Yes, first game. Well. Uh, I scored my first game, but I didn't actually score. Jeff Bukaboom, I think, shot, and it was against Patrick Waugh. Nice. Uh, I, I just throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bukaboom actually shot from the point. And Paul Stewart was the ref. And they give me the goal anyway. He said he hit off me, bomber you, knee. And you don't think I it went, did? You no, cheated? no you I cheated? know it did. I went to the ref and I said, that didn't hit me. He said, yes, yes kid, it did. I said, oh, okay. okay, nice. Yeah. So yeah, he so, would like you. He would like you. If, he, he, so. I guess if they had the good replays like to do today, I wouldn't yeah. have that goal. But thank yeah. God they didn't. Do you have the puck? Yeah, yeah. They, they uh, well, I say they still do. Back, they put your puck on a plaque and gives you your plaque. So I don't know if they do the same today or not. But yeah, I think nice. your, agent, your agent got that done for you. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd say Rangers didn't even do that. That was time. Yeah, definitely. And the good <laughs> stuff I did. And so you went from Carolina to where? Mm, Vancouver for a year or two. 
year and a half. I don't know, year. Then Montreal picked me up on waivers there for a year. First thing about going to Montreal, I scored in the playoffs against Boston, you know, everybody watching home. And they said, yeah, that's Darren's first goal in 200-something games. I said, for freak's sake. <laughs> Why did I have to score? <laughs> did, you know, it went that long? I went 120 games one time. You, I don't you know if it went 200, but it went a long fucking time. Oh, I, had, I had a few chances, but I didn't put them away. Now, were coaches ever <laughs> saying anything to you about not scoring, or they didn't care? You were doing your job fighting? No, yeah. I wasn't a ton of fighting then either. It's just uh, Claude Julian uh, there. He liked the way I played. And I, wow. you know, was still, it was still a bit physical back then. Or, well, it's a little bit now, I guess. But, you know, you had to get your four check going, and you had, there were still tough guys on the go. So, but right. uh, obviously it was weaning out at that time. Right. So there just wasn't as much fighting. It wasn't that you weren't fighting as much. The fighting had dwindled down the game. Yes, and like I said, you still had your domies and twist. And I didn't probe it when there then. I don't think that late, but I can't remember. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, it was definitely dying down. You knew it was, it was gone. Then from there, I went to Jersey for half a year. And that was a lockout year too, right? Yeah, there was. Yeah, no, I think yeah, someone uh, Montreal wanted to sign me for a year, and they said, well, we want you to do a test, uh, you know, if you're before we. Uh, and it was whatever, about second year. And anyway, you said, no, we're not doing that. Anyway, Jersey signed me for two years because right. we knew one year is going to be right. useless. Yeah. And that was a full year lockout. That's right, too. And then so you had the next year and then you retired, right? That was it? Yeah. 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 So what's the, what's the best fight that Darren Lane had on your side that you beat the guy? I don't know. Like, obviously, fighting Probert, fighting Twitter. Like, I had some good fights with all of them. Uh, Domi, I mean, Stu, I had Stu, one, Grim, Stu Grimson too, right? Stu Grimson, yeah, he was probably my toughest because he just had a weird fight and so big too. Yeah, he got the shirt over my head a couple times, but yeah. And when you get your shirt over the head, just you know, you take a couple smacks in the head. But other than that, I don't think I was ever like buzzed in a fight. Or, yeah, I don't. You never heard like a cut even. Did no, you had, you, I don't like, even know if I was cut ever in a fight. Maybe once. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think once. Uh, Rob Ray or Brad May got because that's when they wore their shirts and you know they just ripped off, right? And you couldn't get old or nothing. I think he hit me and I had blood somewhere, but uh, right. I didn't how like about, that. How about we fought Zidane Ochera on the island yeah. too? Yeah, he, he was only a youngster then, so yeah, but he's so big though. I know he's huge, like finding a tree. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. I remember watching it, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think that, and I mean, I, I fought Tony Twist once, which. You know, you're always kind of wary about him, but he's like a Joey Coaster. Thank God I didn't have to fight Coaster. Right. right. You know, about, I love. How about Ty Domi, too? That melon is like you, you can't oh, hurt him. Wow, that's you. pot calling the kettle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the tiny little body and the big block, the big blockhead sitting up there. He could take a few punches, that Domi, obviously. Yeah. Darren, you're no, I, I, just going back to the twist one uh, for quickly. Uh, I. You know, the way he fights, he just holds his right arm way back and ready to freaking kill you if you miss with a punch. So I was right. thinking to myself, I should give him a left there now. And if I hit him with the left, you know, right. it's going to be good. But if I, miss his, if I miss his with my left, he's going to nail me with my right. right. I won't be able to go out with the boys after. We're in St. Louis, a good town. So <laughs> I weighed my options. I didn't hit him with my left. And we went to the penalty right. box. Everything was good. Uh, that is funny because, like, if you let go of the left – 
Now, and you punched with left. Now you let him go, right? So he's got a chance yeah, to throw it. So right? I, uh, you got to weigh your options. <laughs> That's funny. See, I, I know I wasn't in your level of fighting, but when I fought, I would just get so mad. I didn't think at all. I would just throw punches. Like the fact <laughs> that you could think that way while you're fighting. Like, yeah. I don't think people understand how much that is because like, the adrenaline's pumping. Yeah, and I don't know if like, a ton of people think, uh, especially nowadays, no one really knows yeah. really how to fight too much. And obviously, they don't do it much. So, right. it's, but uh, you're not a so, good thinker anyway, so I can't expect you to think. <laughs> Tom was just thinking, hold on to this jersey for dear life, whoever he was fighting. <laughs> oh, I, I was definitely one of those guys, like, for the first, like, you know, 15 seconds, I could just throw them. And then all of a sudden, you're realizing, okay, now you're getting a little bit tired. Thinking, okay, just hold on here. This is, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I fought, I fought McSorley, and he was young. Didn't realize oh, who he was. Oh, that was the first one? Yeah, that was, he, he yeah, was, that's, fought, yeah. that, that was his, what, uh, it's like his second fight. And I think he fought Scott Stevens, like, the night before, and then he fought me. Worst part, here's the worst part about a guy like Marty McSorley when I fought him. Like, he couldn't play at all, so he had to fight all the time. So every time we played against him, he said, late line, let's go. I go, I'm not keeping you in the league. <laughs> you fought Marty, right? Yeah, I probably have, I probably had the longest fight against Marty. We just kept going and kept going and kept right. going. Because uh, he, he's a, he's one of those that could go forever, too. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that was in San Jose, and I think... I think I remember John Davison saying uh, someone told see he sees it on YouTube every now and then and he fights uh, come up on your Facebook. So I checked him out. He said, if a guy ever deserves a million dollars, is that Darren Langdon? Said, ah, there oh. you go. There you go. <laughs> he should he should have been your agent then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So all right, so it all it all ends in New Jersey. And then Lou I remember Lou Lamarin was pretty good to you too. There was something he really took care yeah, of. Yeah, he him. was nice. I got uh, one little story I got you know, I don't. I kind of got in trouble once, which I hardly ever get in trouble. But a couple of the boys wanted to go out. And were flying in. I said, "No, I'm not going out. I'm just ordering some beers and wings for uh, for my room." And all of a sudden, uh, one guy said, "Yeah, okay, I'll come to your room." Then all of a sudden, I had ten people there, and like Marty oh. Berder, we had everyone. Anyway, I went down the next day and paid my bill. He said. Uh, Anyway, Lou Lou found Lou checked out my bill and seen it was a thousand or two thousand dollars or whatever, and didn't you know calls you in there and uh, you know you can't do that. that. I didn't tell him the boys wanted to go out or anything. I just said no, but I shouldn't oh. be at it anyway. Oh. That was one little story. I mean, he, he was good about it. He just yeah. let me know. Yeah, he had his way of doing things. Right? If you're one of his boys, yeah, I remember he liked you because he really took care at the end there. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, the back then, like they had a ton of players come back, and he he took me in. And Darren, I know you got uh, four kids there and triplets. He said, "I don't want to send you down. I know it's probably you know you know it's probably your last year. So if you want to take your family and go home, uh, I'll send you your checks." And I right. the next day I was gone. <laughs> That's right. I remember, I remember that too. All right, yeah. so you you leave New Jersey then, and now your career is done, right? Yes. And you have triplets. And you have triplets. Yeah. Right, so it's a it's a change for you. Now it's that full change, right? You go from being a yeah, hockey player. Now you, not, what's that? Two thousand five, I think that was. Two thousand five. Yep. Yeah. So what have you got going? So you already had your bar going, right? Your bar, restaurant, Langers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a bar, like pub. It's not kind of a restaurant. It's mostly okay. drinkers. Uh, yeah. So that, do you go back, and that's your now? You go back to work there. Uh, I don't. Uh, it kind of runs by itself, and right. the wife takes care of it. Uh, I haven't done my, I got a little gig. It, it takes, it works for my buddy. It only does, you know, five hours a week. That's, I just got to make sure is 
enterprises is running good kind of and so my job is to oversee it which is very easy so right and the other that i you know come to new york a few times a year now to do a couple things and actually this week i'm going actually labrador which is in newfoundland northern with uh, a few canadian alumni doing a thing at uh, i don't know if it's on the reserve or at anyway i don't know much about it but Doing a few things like that, which keeps me a little bit busy. Right. So how did you feel at that point? Because you've been a hockey player all your life, and all of a sudden your hockey's gone from your life. Uh, I didn't really. I don't know. I think us Newfies take it a different way. I just, you know, get me back to Newfoundland. And all we think about when we're away, and Newfies still today, you know, go away to work in the oil patch out to Alberta, working. The, all they're working for is to get home someday and live. And <laughs> so right. that's, that's our mentality. And once I got home, I loved it, but didn't you realize uh, the money that you kind of tried to make me uh, goes pretty quick too. So you got to do the other things. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah, tried does, to make him. He said, did I see your truck break down the other day? That must be. Yeah. A, uh, are, you a mecha- are you a mechanic at all? <laughs> I haven't got a clue. So like the oil pump went on or something like that. Yeah, so the oil yeah. was going oh, that, so, that happens. So I got to buy a new engine because it wasn't getting any oil, and there's no no gauges went off or like that. So oh, it, yeah. find me find me an engine out there. Hold on. If you don't get the oil, yeah, that cause that. But that's strange. It didn't. Uh, yeah. None came up. I mean, that truck didn't look that old. It's probably no. It's, I keep. Years. I actually was planning on really keeping that in good shape too. No, it looks in good shape. But that's sad. The engine is uh, not cheap. Oh, one mechanic wants to be nine thousand dollars. I don't think I can. Yeah. Pay. I'm going to shop around, but yeah. yeah. So how many? You've got four kids. You had triplets, right? Yeah. How old are they now? Triplets are twenty one. Uh, my oldest is twenty three. Wow, you're old. Aren't you? Well, <laughs> yes, and they're still living there. Are they still living at home? Okay. Yes, they don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> So uh, that's good. So, uh, so you leave the game, no problems at all. Like a lot of guys have problems when they leave the game, like finding a new career, missing the game. You're fine. You just moved on. Uh, yeah, I don't really have no issues. I don't think, uh, you know, I know people say, you know, they have difficulties and you don't know what you're going through, but uh, seriously, I don't really. Yeah. It I don't think it bothers you. Yeah. Doesn't bother you. No. So it uh you know, I don't have concussion issues or nothing like that. Or anything. did you ever get knocked out when you're fighting? No. You did, right? No. No. I like I said, I think I might have got a buzz once and I don't even I I don't think it was from a fight. Right. I think I hit my head on the glass once and right. a little buzz and uh, went on. So what did you get like 13, 14 years in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I'd say twelve. I think 12 and then two like lockouts. So 14, maybe all together or so. So when you're growing up, like as an 18 year old kid, did you ever think that you're going to play 20 years in the National Hockey? Yeah. No, no, my God. Like it's pretty rare. Like I don't think people realize how rare it is to not play junior hockey or college hockey and go play in the NHL, like to play tier two junior. That's rare that that happens. It is. uh, Well, yeah, like before too, when East Coast League and up to the NHL is very rare too because you had. You had IHL and AHL. You had a lot of yeah. teams. Right. League, so, but now the East Coast League gets a lot of players that make it after, which is good. Yeah. I mean, good league. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, good. Well, Sorry. you had a good agent. That's why you got the National Hockey League. I had a good agent, good coach down. <laughs> Claude, I just, I just laugh at him. 
you know, like the thing about your career too, like I think all your teammates just loved you too, right? Like you're a great team player. What like you weren't fighting selfishly for your for yourself. You were fighting for your team. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just kind of knew my role and what I had to do. Like, yes, I might be able to score a couple goals in the with Dayton, but I knew when I went to our leagues. I mean, my job was to dump the puck in right. and go and hit someone. And if I needed to fight, I fought. And some people, I think, go up there thinking they could do what they normally do, and that's why they don't make it. And I was kind of kind of lucky, and I, you know, kind of got lucky along the way that I had good people that liked me, yeah, and a good oh, agent. There you go. Well, he just threw that in. Yeah, <laughs> Darren. Who were some of your favorite teammates? Uh well, obviously, I'm going to say the stupid Grant's mess. Like everyone's going to say that, but you know, I hung out with Todd every bit, Nicholas Sundstrom. Uh, Bertuzzi and Aslan, Cloutier in Vancouver, you know, Ryder <laughs> from Newfoundland and Montreal. Bit, oh, that's but, right, yeah. But, you know, I kind of hung out with the, they might be missing it, Brian Leach. I mean, me and him hung out a lot, uh, you know, gravy in New York. So Yeah, who, who'd you get into the most, I don't want to say trouble, who'd you have the well, most fun with? Well, Brian Leach, like, but he, he was an end. Like, he could have a few wobblies and the next day be like 100%. Me, right. like, uh, but Brian Leach is a rare, uh, rare commodity. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, the real number two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a good yeah. guy too. I see him in advance. He is a pretty good guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah. yeah. No. How about gravy? He, he doesn't. He doesn't like the wobbly pops, does he? He's gravy drink. Or, no, yeah. it's, when I goes down, me and him, me and him, and uh, usually his his son uh, goes to a movie. His son, son no. is the movie uh, guru, so we no. go and watch a couple movies, and we might go to. For a couple glasses of wine or beer, he likes a couple glasses of wine. No doubt. Right. right. So he usually, message... take, he usually takes me to uh, what's the restaurant at Carmine's. We usually go there oh, for a Carmine's. dinner. So good. With 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 mess in the locker room, what was he like? Uh, really nice. I mean, uh, I don't think anyone would have a bad word to say about mess. So. Right. Uh, he was just up front, like he he told it the way it was. Too. I mean. Right. You're doing something wrong, walking on the Ranger logo or throwing down your jersey. I mean, he just set yeah. it out for it. You knew what the rules were, and oh. I think there were good rules, which I still, you know, when I was went to another team or went, I mean, I, I followed those rules, you know, respected your jersey, respected right. the logo, respected trainers. You know, if you respect your trainers and people like that, they'll respect you and everything works out fine. So that's kind of taught you all that stuff. Like he was yeah. a great captain for sure. You, you got you had a great run in '97. You guys lost to the Flyers in the in the semis. But how how was that? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean that was a great rivalry. Obviously, just down the road. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that. We we did. Uh, I think if we won that, we would have went where to the conference final. I forget now. But uh, no, it was good fun. I mean, the Flyers is always good uh, rivalry and. Uh, I forget actually. I think I played a little bit back then too in the playoffs because Colin got still like me, so it was good. It was good, good atmosphere in both those rinks, and the fans love it. Good. Any regrets about your career? Nope. Like, well, agent maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you knew that was coming. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. You'd be an all star with a different agent. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. Well, Darren, seriously, I, I, I we joke around a lot, but I just think that you know do what you did in the national hockey league took a lot of heart, obviously that your attitude about it too is like, man, sweetest. I guess that's the 
Newfoundland upbringing, right? It's like not a big deal. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I had good upbringing and uh, I met a lot of good people along the way that uh, taught you, you know, how to handle yourself. And uh, it all worked out, man. I don't think if, you know, if I was an asshole going and trying to make a team and I was on the bubble, who's he going to pick an asshole or a good guy? So just want to be a good guy, you know? Yeah, well, that's just who you are, too. So, well, listen, it's been great to see you again. Great to catch up. Thank you very much for coming on the show. You did a fantastic no, job. Any time, but, uh, yeah. At least once every two years. There you go. There you go. Thanks for coming on, Darren. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk okay, to you soon. Tom. Okay, Tom. Tom. Man, that was another awesome episode. Those, those Newfie guys are just cut different, Tom. <laughs> Darren Langdon, he's a classic. He was a great guy to represent. And we joke around that I didn't spend much time with him because I really didn't have to. He was so low maintenance. And it shows when he, when he talks, too. He just wanted to show up, play, and be a good team player. And he did that his whole career. Yeah, you heard that in the interview. He was like, no, no issues, no yeah. problem after hockey. Just went on with life, got back to Newfie, and all yeah. was good. Isn't it true? Like, when you talk to a lot of guys, you know, there's a lot happened to them after the game. And with Darren, he just continued on with his life. Yeah, he's, he's like, a- I just want to get back home and just – just be here and that's yeah. that's awesome yeah. that, that's like kind of finding that yeah that, that peace and that second chapter yeah. you know that's that's you know living your life the right way so good for him yeah to do what he did too to come from where he did to play in the national hockey league for all that time he's well if he had a good agent obviously well i don't want to brag but that is the truth yeah. yes you do yeah great show all right great job all right grasshoppers thank you for listening we had a fantastic show we'll see you next time Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.